Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. Mary Phelan is on sabbatical this evening, and we're going to do a show on guilt and the idea of recognizing guilt as a prelude to ending guilt. But don't worry, we're just going to talk about recognizing it and what it is and how it works. And uh, today is, in Mayan, is the fourth tone, Monique, uh, which is the healing hand, the tribe of the healing hand. And it is the, also called the hand of God. And uh, the fourth tone makes itself existing. I define in order to know, measuring healing. I seal the store of accomplishment with the self-existing tone of form. And I'm guided by the power of abundance. And this is a description of today. And you may have noticed parts of this in your life. Uh, defining in order to know makes a lot of sense. Measuring healing is another application of the day. So this is uh, one of the many things we bring to you, this higher form of consciousness. And what stands between us and the higher form of consciousness that we could have is actually guilt, and I'm going to explain this very carefully. Uh, in the new book, the uh, Self-Empowerment Protocols book, uh, the fourth protocol is about being a guilt puppet no longer, uh, where many of these points are explained in, at great length uh, in the book. The book is uh, recently out, and it's the idea of calling upon yourself, calling upon a protocol, calling upon a method of thought that is possibly not a normal method of thought in order to get yourself out of a state of depression, out of um, feeling guilty, out of um, the bipolar thinking that is very common to we the humans at this point in our evolution, and to step into Trinity thinking, to step into the idea of having um, very different ways to think. And that is the point of the book. So if we get a a shot of this, for example, which is the... Uh, I, many years of my life I've been a sculptor. I've been an artist and a sculptor really from very early on. I spent seven years in a um, number of art schools, School of Visual Arts, Art Students League, um, Maryland Institute, College of Art. Uh, there were more. Um, and pretty much got around to a huge... Um, view of art. And so at a certain point, I was uh, looking at a coffee pot. And I said, well, the nose on that thing is upside down. So I turned the coffee pot upside down. And uh, when I was done screaming from the hot coffee in my lap, I came to and decided that I would install, well, the eyes and the ears and the mouth and the rest of the head that the coffee pot represented. All of those is sold. I probably did, um, God, 25, 30, um, just the heads like busts uh, that were made of a wide assortment of coffee pots, all sold off many years ago. What's in the studio this evening is the remainder of the collection of um, aluminum art assemblage that I did for so long. I'm at the point in my life where I'm very pleased with the idea of parting with these things so they can take their place, and then that will open doors for me to uh, 
um, create greater things in the future, I'll still be writing. I'll go back and forth between art and writing. In the Mayan spiral that I'm in, we're all in a spiral of tribes, as which would go like that. Uh, as we, I've just moved into the um, uh, Etznab, into the um, mirrored tribe, uh, so the art is just rattling, <laughs> and um, that is a thing I can do with this year. Uh, an aspect in mind, you get a different tone and tribe every year until you're 52, and then it's the original one you were born with, and you start another cycle. So I'm just commenting that I'm in the, the creative part, and would, um, speaking of part, I would um, say adios to these guys and see what new would take their place as far as the medium of creativity that I'm in. They uh, have names. They went through any number of galleries. The Smithsonian uh, pitched the word recycling and picked me up. I didn't do anything. They contacted me because of the art and um, the seven pieces that I sent them sold before the opening of the show, just <laughs> gone. So that was really a, a catapult as far as the, uh, and internationally, and so the art has continued. Uh, the last time I was, the time before last that I went through the Etznab part of my spiral, I did a um, series of paintings that, were the, that are the Flower of Life painting, uh, which uh, are still, uh, there's some here in the studio, in fact, not in here, but in the studio. So, uh, if anyone finds interest in this, is to email, and we can uh, further talk about this. Throughout the show, they'll be giving uh, seven, eight pieces here this evening. Now, the idea of guilt, and in order to... Well, let me first ask, are you willing to consider the idea of giving up guilt? because guilt doesn't really work very well. Guilt is taking the place of some very important things in our life. One of the things guilt takes the place of, <coughs> pardon me, is integrity. In other words, you don't have to have integrity if you have guilt. You, the guilt tells you how to do this, how to be, when it could be you telling you how to be. Uh, guilt is a short circuit. Guilt is a technique by which we give away our power to the idea of, well, as we're saying, first of all, when I bring up the idea of giving up guilt, you may have felt possibly anger about that, saying, oh, we have to have guilt. The world won't work without guilt. Nobody would do anything if we weren't guilty. And I'm still making the point that the guilt is taking the place of our knowing, literally. Guilt takes the place of thinking, and that thinking would be integrity, would be character, would be our ability to steer through our life. But instead, we act guilty. We get out of bed in the morning because we're guilty if we don't. So you don't have to do much thinking about that. The guilt will just come from your subconscious and begin to eat your life force from you unless you get out of bed. Now, in the world I'm talking about, in the world where we 
have uh, once again gotten in touch with having character instead of being guilty, there is a lot of difference there between the two. Being people who are, are guilty, not much character there. People that are guilty, not so attractive people. People with character, people with integrity. Oh, that's who we're interested in. These are the people we want to be. These are the people we want to attract. These are the people we're going to invite to our, um, into our life. But with the guilt, ah, it kind of disappears. Okay, so you would get out of bed in the morning in order to experience the sacredness of a day. You would get out of bed in order to create, in order to be, in order to have the experiences, in order to get the impetus up to create the next part, that day's evolution. You would jump into the day knowing that it will be an experience of love regardless of what it looks like. But no, we don't do that because that would take a lot, wouldn't it? I mean, first thing in the morning, oh my God, you're saying I have to, I have to, what are you saying I have to do? I'm not saying you have to do anything. Have to is a bully speaking. I'm saying that we have this guilt mechanism that keeps us from being. I've got to use the word there. Uh, <clears throat> the guilt. So if we do something wrong, first of all, we know the difference between right and wrong. Could we really get way past that right and wrong thing? And know that we know this. And also know that we can do what we know is right without guilt. Guilt is something that um, parents teach us guilt when we're very, very young. We are manipulated really rather regularly in our childhood, and then we manipulate our children, and our grandparents then manipulate. And this, this <clears throat> all manipulation is guilt manipulation. If you never ever again in your life acted guilty, you could not be manipulated, could not be done. This particular piece of aluminum is also a bottle opener and um, is quite whimsical in its own way. And the world's, um, I had for a very long time kept metaphysics separate myself as an artist, but there was a point at which I said, ah, come on, let's, let's do the whole deal. All right, now the two subjects, the aluminum and the uh, idea of getting us to the point that we could release guilt, that we don't have to be manipulated by guilt, that we could have integrity, that we could have um, character that we could be greater than we are will involve giving up guilt. Guilt is diabolical. Guilt will paralyze you. Here, I'll give you an example of being paralyzed by guilt. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. There is a red light. There is no other car on the road. There is no police in force at that moment. Do you go ahead and go through the light? No, you sit there till the time, till the light times out, and then you go. All of that time saying, well, I could go. There's no reason not to go. The traffic light is designed for a high traffic, 
a high number of cars areas to prevent accidents. There's no possibility of an accident if I go through this light. And that, that's all logic and that's all true. And you are still paralyzed by the guilt. Guilt trumps logic. This is something to take a look at, guilt. It keeps us from being able to progress. It really holds us back, this entire concept. The guilt destroys creativity. The, the guilt dulls all of our tools. The guilt keeps us in a state of uh, feeling, well, miserable, let's face it. You, your motivation from guilt, well, you're going to do the right thing, not because you know it's the right thing, and the irony is you do know it's the right thing, but you can't get there. Why not? Well, because of my entire life I've been um, electrocuted in the posterior by guilt, and if I didn't have that, might I not wander off into the idea of um, what, what? No, we know the difference between right and wrong. Get over that. This is the concept so that we can... Um, now, another thing that guilt does is, uh, besides paralyzing us, it numbs us totally. When you are guilty, you just lose all effervescence. You just have no scintillation. You have no je ne sais quoi. You have no life force running through you. Uh, what you have is this um, rather zombified look on your face, the idea of... Um, not really being a player, not really being in the game. Why are we doing this to us? It doesn't work. Can we outgrow guilt? Yes or no, I'm asking you. If anyone would like to call in with an opinion, are you ready to give up guilt? Because it's, it's unnecessary. It's the dead skin cells we shed all the time. It was part of our growth. It was part of the human epic. It was the place at which we were too... We were not yet bright enough, we were not yet conscious enough, we were not, were not yet aware enough that we had to be cattle prodded by guilt in order to get anything to happen. But come on, let's outgrow this. It's time for us to give up guilt. It really is. And now, as I said, um, crossing a border, it's like the, the person that no longer uh, has the uh, sprained ankle, and this is the first day we're going to walk without a cane, and we become very used to walking with it, but it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't take us to a place where we are evolving. If we wish to become more evolved, we're going to have to... This is what the Bible meant, giving up the things of childhood. Guilt is a thing of childhood. On advanced planets, they have a ceremony by which all of the uh, uh, guilt manipulations that were used to keep you from stepping out in front of a bus, you, well, not that they would have buses, but I'm saying all of these things that were done to us by our parents, there's a ceremony where that's taken back, and, unless, and only if you had a very small child would you, you know, someone unaware of being able to take care of themselves, now, where you feel badly, this unconscious, life-sucking, bad feeling about things, 
examine that for guilt. There's, um, we'll walk into language codes about guilt in a moment. But I'm asking you, and please express the opinion, and I don't care which one, are you as an individual willing to consider the idea that it is possible to no longer have to be guilty? I'm asking for a yes, no. Do you think it's possible that you as an individual could go through life without having to feel guilty about things, that you could just put guilt aside as something that's no longer necessary, that's no longer a tool, that's no longer something that serves you well in order to use your consciousness to make decisions about who you are and what you do. The way it is, we're incredibly manipulated. We're cattle prodded. Have you seen Christmas in the United States, anywhere on this planet? There is more guilt manipulation per square inch than anything else going on around Christmas. Espet, never mind your family. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. This is Mona from California. Hey, hello. How are we doing? Oh, awesome. Just doing better and better. Ah. Well, I have a question, and ah. it, I, I just think it's really remarkable. I've missed your show for a couple of weeks now. My schedule has changed, and um, I, I made it home in time to, uh, to turn on the uh, computer in time. Ah. And it's amazing because just last night I had come to the realization that it was guilt, the patterns in my life that keep happening over and over again, and it all stems from feeling guilty. Um, and the guilt is from speaking, speaking up in situations, speaking my mind, and whenever I've done that, it seems like the consequences will put me back down again. And so I thought, wow, it's really, really amazing that you're talking about this tonight. And my question is, um, since I'm on board with eliminating the guilt in my life, and I recognize that, um, what is the process for doing that? And if you don't mind, I'm going to hang up so that I can listen to you online. Oh, sure, absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll talk. It's not like I can spit that out in a sentence, but... That is more or less my point of our program this evening. And I'd love to hear from you as soon as you would like, and you may call back or however that works if you have further questions or really just any time in the future. The, one of the techniques of getting rid of guilt is to go through your life and examine where, where there was guilt. For example, in my life when I was a very, very small child, uh, my mother put me up on the counter while she was making a cake, and I saw her breaking the eggs into the bowl. And I thought, well, I'll help mom, and broke the egg in the bowl. Only, you know, the shells, I didn't understand what was going on there. And um, uh, she was not upset, she was very loving, but I still knew that I had done something that I wasn't supposed to do, and somehow I felt guilty about that. I'm not guilty for having been a child that explored an egg. I am simply not guilty. Um, many, um, I had thought of many topics for tonight, and one of them was um, about associations with our gender, which I'm not doing. Although I'd like to open the door just enough to say that we have uh, very gender-specific programming, and one of those programs, and I'm bringing it up to you, uh, is that uh, women 
when they're, when they're children, little girls especially, children in general, are to be seen but not heard. And so if a child speaks, then that child is guilty. And that is a program you can take a look at, and uh, you can very specifically say that it is perfectly all right for me to speak my mind. And in fact, it's something I'm going to do, and I no longer have to be guilty because of it. And in your case specifically, the program running suggests that you will be punished. And I don't remember the exact word you used, but just let me use punished, even if that wasn't it. That you'd be punished for speaking. No, I won't be punished for speaking. That's what I'm doing here. This overcoming the guilt is the idea of first recognizing it. I'm uh, going to walk through this. I'm going to introduce what guilt actually does, and then I'm going to um, elucidate language codes that you can watch for in your own thinking or in someone else's thinking. One of the first things guilt does is remove your ability to care because you can't care about something and be guilty at the same time. Guilt takes up way too much space in your head for you to be able to care. So we human beings that are fond of the expression, and it's a popular one, pardon me, but you've mistaken me for someone who cares. When you hear someone say that, you know that they feel guilty about something. And then it is Sherlock Holmes to the fray. It is the idea of figuring out what they feel guilty about. Now, generally, you have asked them something, and they have made this reply. You've confused me with someone who cares. Okay, so they feel guilty about not caring. That's just prima facie. That's a level of it. So if your ear is tuned to that expression, then you know that. Another form of guilt that is extremely destructive is the sort of guilt that is associated with, um, the word escaped, regret and resentment. When you hear resentment, because that's what guilt does, guilt, guilt, is, only guilty, guilt is only guilt for a few minutes, and then it morphs into a, a souring, a putrefaction, and then the putrefaction becomes resentment. We were talking about the, the father that's out of work, and then uh, the mom goes and takes a job, so then dad, who doesn't want to... Dad wants to be the be uh, breadwinner. Dad wants to be that part of it. He, he would be good at that part of it, let him do that part of it. But he's ended up as the house husband, house frau, whatever that is. Uh, and so then his guilt turns into this putrefication, sours, and then he resents the kids. And then the kids go, oh, come on, don't worry about it. Let's leave dad alone and we'll go to the zoo ourselves. Come on, we'll hitchhike. Come on, little brother, I'll take care of you. We're going to the zoo. And zoom, there goes the whole thing. So we really have to be able to very succinctly recognize guilt. I've always been the person that's been talking about the language codes, the idea of the language codes being the, um, this is a book of language codes, and the, the codes that specifically have to do with um, uh, guilt and recognizing them. 
So the and and the new book is very much uh, goes much deeper into the subject of guilt. This one this does deal with guilt, but as we're saying, I just want to introduce some words for you to recognize as words that indicate a state of guilt. Uh, guilt is a phenomenally powerful thing and truly out of control. And that's a particular aluminum. I did I, an uncountable number of aluminum masks. This one is Mandarin Schwinn and the uh, charming little um, dreadlocks that he has, which are bicycle chains. And uh, that was very popular for a long time. I did a great many uh, masks where the uh, Hair on the face was done with. Um, that's why I expressed. Um, I did the aluminum to begin with because aluminum is poisonous to we humans. We don't understand that. If you put something nice and acidic, let's say tomato sauce, into an aluminum pot or pan, the aluminum goes off into solution into the tomato sauce. And um, the aluminum destroys the nervous system, in case you wonder why you're. Um, your muscles are twitching or, you know, Alzheimer's is setting in. It's from the, uh, uh, yet another one. This was an early, uh, relatively early piece. Yes, here I am. Uh, ah, that's me in there. Okay. Now, the guilt. Now, we're talking about recognizing guilt. Uh, guilt does away with your excitement. It does. It does. You cannot be excited and guilty at the same time. Guilt takes thousands and thousands. You, you cannot feel love and be guilty. You cannot feel much of anything um, and be guilty. It's a major bummer, dude. It is a total down. Okay, and it, it is only a down. There really isn't... We, we have this unconscious myth that guilt is keeping the world together, but it's not. It's destroying us. The major, the way guilt works, all incentive for immoral and criminal behavior, the incentive, what gets people to be immoral and to be criminal is guilt. Guilt is the incentive. And here's how it works. The, there's another aspect behind that. The, what happens when we are children is when we do something, and I don't usually use right and wrong, when we're a child we do something wrong, we get a great deal of attention for it. And therefore we tend to do more and more and more to get more and more attention. Any serial killer doesn't mind being caught because of the amount of attention they will get from it. So the, the world is getting fairly hip to this. Uh, they can no longer, as far as I know, you can no longer sell your book rights if you're a serial killer. There's a number of other things they won't let happen. Um, okay, so the small child is, is in this wonderful place where they're in their imagination and their attention is 100% on their... Um, Transformers or their Barbies or whatever game it is they're playing and the rock they've found or the, the fact that it, just anything where the child's attention is placed. And then they uh, hear the phone ring and then mommy or daddy goes to answer the phone and they 
they go, ooh, that's attention. The, the mom or the dad is putting their attention over the phone, and I want that attention. And they run over and they tug on mommy and daddy, and they get a boatload of attention. Okay, it is to teach our children that their attention is what's worthwhile, is what the world is made of. Instead of, and instead, they just get guilt. That's what they get, and it just goes from there. All right, so as we said, the fourth protocol in the self-empowerment book is on no longer being a guilt puppet. And I start that section with the... um, quote from Oscar Wilde, which is, an idea is not dangerous if an idea that is not dangerous is unworthy of being called an idea. And this is my idea. We can do away with guilt, not my idea. It's what actually has to happen in the world. We can do away with guilt. We no longer have to be motivated We can be motivated by integrity. We can be motivated by having character. We can be motivated by knowing that that is the right thing and I don't have to do the guilty dance in order to know that that's the right thing and I can simply do the right thing, absolutely direct connect, rather than that dance we're used to. Now, the first point I make in the the protocol is that uh, to think or feel guilty is an inherent loss of freedom. And that's another thing that guilt does, is is imprisons us when we're in that guilty little prison. Uh, Another thing that guilt does is keep you from having to be responsible. In other words, oh, I've hurt someone, I feel so guilty about it. Well, what happened there? Suddenly you admitted that you hurt the person And now because you feel guilty, somehow magically you're not responsible for doing it. Well, boy, that's a a magic liquid if I've ever heard one. Just dump guilt on that. You don't have to. Now, let me just define the responsibility. Okay. You want to be responsible. It is a very good idea to be responsible. Because when you are responsible, then you are in charge. As soon as you're guilty, you're not in charge. You see how this works? You see how very attractive then guilt would be to an unconscious person. It's a way of life. It's time. This is a huge chunk, and I do have great ambition. And I will continue to state and ask you, call in, Do you feel that you are a person who is willing to make the leap to no longer lead a life where you are motivated by guilt? What do you think? You think you could do that? What what guilt is taking the place of is your integrity. Well, I'm guilty. I'm I'm just guilt guilt is a method by which we purify ourselves even though we're not so polluted, not on soul level. You follow, in other words, if if you're guilty and and you're beat up, then you're vindicated? What kind of word is vindicated? That's one that doesn't really fly the fly there. 
so to speak. This is another one of the old pieces. Uh, by about 19, I'm going to say that was 92. Probably I was doing that one in. It's an interesting piece, the very level eyebrows. Uh, I learned a great deal about face reading during the time that I was doing the uh, aluminum mask. If I make it perfectly symmetric, it has no personality whatsoever. <laughs> it, it looks like a robot. It has absolutely no appeal. And so I began to, in very subtle ways, notice the amount of manipulation of features I could do to get it, be very, to, get it to be very attractive. I would put two different eyebrow types on it. That would be those. And, and as an artist, you have a certain feedback loop by what sells. And the more asymmetric to a point you would make the mask, the more saleable it would be. Uh, very interesting. Now, let me just do the, the basis of this. And I've done it on other shows. When we are born, we have a phenomenal ability to self-correct. I mean, how? Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Good evening, Neville. This is Cheryl. Cheryl. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I had a, a question comment on your topic tonight. Ah. Um, actually, it's it's interesting how when you are working through something, uh, the universe gives you um, different topics on the subject. And this one I've been working through for a few months now. Okay. And I'm sorry, I haven't finished reading your books yet, so my language no, is going to not be great. <laughs> no, no. I, I was wondering, based on your topic, I've been trying to... Um, it's hard to find the right word, but take your I've time. Been, Don't worry about I've that. Just say it. Working on understanding the lesson and the reason behind my part of my life contract this time in being uh, associated with child molestation at a very early age, and I've been really. Uh, putting a lot of effort into um, becoming aware of the the reason why um, that would be, and, and actually working on not having the guilt because of being a part of that particular type of circumstance. So I was wondering about your thoughts on how that works with the whole guilt um, cycle. Yeah, I believe I can provide a great deal of freedom for you at this point. Uh, and first of all, congratulations, because I understand the amount of uh, life force it took to actually speak what you are speaking there. And please understand that you are doing this on behalf of literally hundreds of thousands, if not a greater number, of people that will watch the show or will watch the show in archive. Now, we human beings, as you have understood, agree to a certain contract, uh, agree to a certain amount of evolution accomplished in a given lifetime. And we have a, a large number of methods by which we steer 
ourselves through our incarnation, one of which is being hurt, one of which is being hurt very early on in childhood so that our life will take a different path. Someone who has agreed to the contract to be molested did so to either increase their sexuality, increase to wake them up sexually, or to shut themselves down. Uh, we, if, when we evolve to the point where we can get to know our history of past lives, and say we had had a number of past lives where we were very active sexually, and then we said, well, I'd like to switch that off now. I'd like to do something else with the life. It was wonderful and fun to explore that and all of that good stuff, but now I want this switched off. And therefore, I will ask for a volunteer to do a very negative thing, uh, to be the one who hurts me in my childhood, so that, or the other side, where you really just never could quite figure out the, the physical love, the passion love, the uh, actual making love, so you wanted to be turned on to that early on. So uh, in a moment I'll use the example, but you want to, to get you out of the guilt. There's so many aspects to this, and I just take whatever that it is that we can take at this time. I didn't think it was a simple topic. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, not as complex as it gets, but not simple either. The person who did this, you forgive for doing that because it was your idea. You follow that? I do. Okay, to and you chose levels of emotional ability. I'm not quite completely there yet. Okay, well, I I had um, in my particular life, I was shot, as you probably read in the the language codes book. I was shot in the head by this guy and died instantly and saw on the other side. So I never forgave the man for shooting me because there was nothing to forgive. It was my idea. There was nothing to forgive. I love the man for having shot me because it was him taking on that rather murky field distortion that occurs when someone shoots someone else in order that I would lead a wonderful life as a direct result. With me, it was easier because it was just simply the, the anatomical rewiring of the brain, waking up in the hospital, seeing people in past lives. And it happened when I was 27, so I had already formed an adult identity. And then I just integrated into it all of the um, uh, different features that this new rewired brain allowed me to have. So, right. yeah, so basically the same thing. You asked for the rewiring and got it. Now, the guilt is the idea that you had done something wrong, which is not true. You never did anything wrong. Uh, we as human beings, I could say, well, I was there in the theater. Well, uh, why wouldn't you shoot someone in a theater? You know, none of that's real. It's not the way that works. It all works in a, on another level up. Everything that happens in 3D is as a result of many dimensions on up uh, working together 
and then spitting out in 3D these events. Cheryl, are you following? Yes. Yeah, so um, this guilt is the idea of um, getting yourself to realize that you do not have to be destroyed by what happened. That it's the opposite of destroyed. It is a choice that you made, a choice that you made to a specific end, a choice that you made that allows you to become a greater person than you would have if you hadn't had the experience. Okay. Is there, is there a, a particular aspect for the other people who may listen to this, as well as myself in, in the coming weeks, as, as far as maybe being able to get in touch personally with um, what it is that they, they may be able to discover about what it is in, in that experience that has built them up? I mean, is, is there one or two... Uh, suggestions you can give to help people connect with their with their inner truth when they're not necessarily able to have an individual session with you and Mary and discover these wonderful um, things. Well, thank you very help. much for for that concept, and certainly anybody could email. As far as having a session goes, let me let me introduce the um, 180 axiom, and uh, this is I still laugh about this. At a certain point in my life. I realized that 100% of everything that I believed was exactly the opposite of what was actually going on. Not 179 degrees, not 181 degrees, precisely opposite. Okay, so the kid that gets beat up by bullies in grade school, okay, did so by his own choice in order to, to, I don't know, go into law enforcement, in order to um, train for martial arts, in order to uh, steer his life towards, or her life, whoever that is, steer their life in such a way that they could become stronger, that they could become bigger, that they could then have a greater compassion for everything. Right. Okay. So whoever may be listening to this, whatever it was that happened that seems to have been such a crashing thing was chosen by you in order that, and this is across the board 100%, that you would become more compassionate. That's why you did this. But this... <clears throat> The word really wants to come, but it won't. Okay, so where were we? Oh, uh, and then guilt sucks the life force out of the entire equation, which doesn't do us so much good. And that's why this show is dedicated to the idea of releasing guilt. Right. Guilt is not a real thing. It seems real. It certainly has effect. Yes, but it's not. Uh, victim is not a real word. Martyr is not a real word. And guilt... And, and in the, in the past few months that I've been really working and puzzling through this, I, I've remembered how often that you and Mary have, have said that over the course of the show, and it's, it's really as difficult as it can be to, to make 
coming through to the other side seem like it's so far away because you're so sure about that and and in this circumstance it's really hard to be that sure when you're in the middle um it, it has brought a, a great deal of comfort and i really appreciate that oh thank you for saying that yeah the okay. idea of going through the door to become the better person it's not um like we get good at going through doors. Either you go through the door or you don't. It's not like we get good at having upgrades. Either you have the upgrade or you don't. It's not something that you practice. It's a decision that you make. I don't mean to be in any way harsh. The idea of um, stepping through to the more advanced you is inevitable. It will happen. It's not going to do anything else. It's who we are. And it's what we do. And every human being on earth will leave incarnation a greater being than when they came into incarnation, regardless of who, where, when, why, or any other word you want to stick between you and this concept. We evolve. It's who we are, and it's what we do. And it's actually fun. I promise. It really is. (laughs) Especially when you're no longer incarnate. That's when you really, oh, wow, that was easy. What, what, what was that? Oh, you know, oh, oh. Uh, put me in there again, Coach, would you? <laughs> well, th- well, thank you very much, and I'm going to hang up in case you have any other callers. Well, Cheryl, thank you very much, and we'd love to hear from you again on the show. And um, we can keep this up coming if you want to call in um, even week after week and uh, get us to the point where um, uh, we can uh, do it this way for you. And as we say, the byproduct is the thousands and thousands of other people that get to experience this through you. And my compliments on being so brave and so bold as to actually speak this out loud, that has been such a closet thing. That's kind of been the theme. Uh, If you speak, you won't be punished for it. You're the only one that could punish you. And perhaps you're gone already. At any rate, thank you very much. And we're going to, um, oh, there's so many aspects to this particular subject. And here comes the duck. And this is Alan Harris, our duck dangler. And so is to me. Hang in there. There we go. Okay, just one second. Common sense is not so common, spoken by Voltaire. Uh, what was he? 15, 1600s, I think. Voltaire, no one knows, doesn't matter. But common sense is true. This is kind of the theme of the show this evening. If you actually had co- guilt and common sense, are not the same thing, but we're running this myth that if um, suddenly there was no guilt, the world would fall apart. No, no, no. We would be in a position to grow integrity. We are using guilt as motivation to make us act as though we have integrity. Perhaps you recognize what a short circuit that is. We could simply have integrity instead of using guilt to make us act as though we have integrity. And I'll just say it again because I like the sound of it, although I've already forgotten it. We use guilt to make us act as though we have integrity instead of having integrity. How, well, lame. How lame is that? How backwards, especially considering the unending um, 
uh, how do we say that, feces that uh, guilt provides for us. It is just not necessary, and yet we take it on. So in order to do away with guilt, we have char- we already know to do the right thing. Why don't we just do it? There isn't even right and wrong. That, that's a child's game. Guilt, child's game, all of this stuff. It's time for us to move forward. Now, guilt, guilt, guilt is anger that you don't feel you have a right to have. That's a quote from Lazarus. Anger is guilt that you don't feel you have a right to have. Did I say that right? There we go. Okay. Well, that's silly. Have your anger. Have it prima facie. Have it immediately. Someone, um, oh, could you do me this favor? Well, no. You don't even know what the favor is. I already said no. Fine, I'll find someone else to do it. Okay. And then they find someone else, and you feel guilty. For what? What? (laughs) Come over here. Oh, yeah? Okay. So you're saying that guilt is anger that I don't feel I have a right to have. Correct. You have the right to have it. Anger just means borders. All, All anger is is borders or border violation. That's all anger is. Not a big deal. Anger can turn out positive because when you're angry, it means some border of yours was not respected. Respect means respect means to see again. Respect, spectacle, spect. Okay, so truly, that is what guilt is, and we are allowed to. We don't have to respond with anger we can simply state the border rather than feel guilty about not stating the border. So anger doesn't have to be anger. Anger can simply be a declaration. But the thing is, but does not take that back. Anger is a declaration and serves you well when you get to that declaration as soon as possible, as soon as you can remember it. Now, that's the thing. The amount of brain space that is at this moment being taken up by guilt. Here, have your angels, have your guides show you the pie graph of your brain. Now, there it is. Oh, look, the little brain, brain signifier. Oh, yeah. And the slice that is guilt. Oh, God. That's a lot of guilt. All right. Okay, and we've said you're using... Um, guilt as motivation when you are too depleted, too much brain space is taken up. It's an irony, if I can get this across even vaguely, eloquently. The amount of your brain that's being taken up by guilt keeps you from having the amount of your brain that you would be using to maintain integrity. Does that make sense? So it's this little spiral taking you down. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hi, I am Janelle, and I'm asking a question about creativity and guilt. Ah. Since that's part of your topic tonight, 
Um, I'm just wondering, I've always wanted to put out a solo album of music, but oh. for some reason I have a lot of things that come into my life that are problems like, oh, this is, I can't do it because of this, I can't do it because of that, whatever. And so it's in my way, and I really just want to know how I can just blast through that and do it. All right, Giselle, what we can do is ask you, what is the payoff for not doing the album? And I'll, forgive me for, I don't mean to be leading you, the payoff for not doing the album is that your life won't change. And this is this magic relationship we have with the word change. We desire change because of its potential, and yet we fear change because it is unknown to us. So, Giselle, this is a very easy game to play. Write down ten things in your life that will change if you do your album. Write down the ten things, say, or a hundred things, I don't care. Write a list of things that will change if you do the album. Now, I'd normally let you just write that out, and then I would tell you that what you are actually writing is the list of reasons that you will not do the album. You with me? Yes. Okay. So you can do it. It would be that simple. Just write down what will change, and you are talking to you about what's holding you back. Yeah. So that is... Um, 30 years of psychoanalysis in three sentences, but after all, it is the, uh, what age is it again? I forget. Elect <laughs> electronics or something like that. But um, we're, oh, by the way, we're going to be at uh, Ruby Tuesdays in half an hour or so. And uh, anyone that would like to uh, come and join us, um, the crew, and uh, I will be there, and uh, probably the aluminum masks as well will be in the back of the van. Um, okay, just they're telling me that we're running out of... Um, uh, Giselle, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, that would do it. Okay. And uh, there's another five pages at least on uh, what guilt does. Uh, anyone in the audience that would like to can uh, write down what they feel guilty about. And in order to outgrow guilt, we are going to have to recognize it, and we're going to have to nail it just about instantly. And that's what I've been saying, the language codes, it's a completely different world when you are acquainted with the language codes, and you'll hear someone say, try, and then you'll go, oh, you're going to try, then I'm going to say goodbye. Which would have been a great close for the show, but the show isn't quite closed. Uh, what I'm saying is that if we, when we get to the point that we recognize guilt because of the language of guilt, it will make it much easier for us to release guilt. And over a couple of generations, I believe we could all act with integrity because we have integrity instead of acting in integrity because we have guilt. The way it is now, we act as though we have integrity because of guilt. But we could just have integrity. Guilt isn't even a middleman. It's this life-sucking thing that just takes, takes us away, so to speak. Usually the last minute in the show is the longest minute in the show. But I'm... <laughs> and we've got that going. Oh, that's, we're never going to get that in. Uh, da, 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 da. 
um, to grow integrity is to out, uh, you already have integrity. And we will see you next week. Call, email, whatever you'd like to do. We thank honor, love, and praise you. Mary will be back next week, I believe, possibly the week after. We'll see. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.